the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. So good to be with you today. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. You know, Jesus is not concerned. He understands the the political ramifications. He understands what the motivations are, whether this is political. He also understands what it means. He understands what this means for our country or what it doesn't mean. He understands how, you know, all of that. We can just trust Jesus for that. We can trust in the Lord for that. And I want to encourage you to do that with whatever you think on this, to realize that nothing is out of control. Nothing is a surprise to our Lord. And that should give you great peace. That gives me great peace when I think about that. There's so many things that I don't know and so many things that I wonder about, a lot of things that I'll never know, but Jesus knows. He knows all of it. And I think that gives him a lot of credibility when he tells us not to worry. So don't worry. I think in the meantime, while we live in this life, we have some responsibilities to understand what's happening in our world, to be able to have a reasonable conversation about that with the people that God puts in our life, who ultimately we're here to make disciples of. So it matters, I think, that we can uh, be able to speak on things reasonably, especially when things are emotional or passionate uh, we get passionate or the person you know is passionate about it. And uh, so I want to talk about that a little bit today. We mentioned that we would talk about the Trump indictment and what it means. And this is what I want to talk about with it. You've probably heard different things or maybe you have different uh, opinions. Um, what does it mean for our country? Like take Trump, the character of Donald Trump out of the picture and take the particular people out. Take Alvin Bragg out. Take the names out. Just you know, district attorneys, former presidents, presidential cam, uh, presidential uh, candidates, um, current presidents, you know, there will be that as long as we have a country. So just think about that. Um, I want to talk about that. There's different ways to look at it, right? There's a political impact. Does this help Trump or not? He's raised $10 million. I think in the short term, it helps Donald Trump, right? But, you know, any election is not for a year and a half. So it might be nothing by the time 2024 comes around. Um, you know, and there is certain conversations that, that should be had about our system and how it works. And I think that we should spend a little more time doing that and thinking about the impact for the country. You can join our conversation, by the way, by giving me a call, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. All right. So President, uh, former President Trump was indicted. Uh, he's not the first president, by the way, to get arrested. Like Technically, he was arrested. That's part of it. He's the first one to be indicted. Uh, Ulysses S. Grant got arrested. He got arrested because he illegally parked his horse and buggy, and a police officer said to him, uh, you can't do that, sir, and I know you're the president, but uh, if you park here again, I'm going to have to arrest you. And uh, he said, fine. And the next day, President Grant parked there himself again. And uh, the officer said, it is my duty to arrest you. And President Grant said, well, you're doing a fine job and went downtown and uh, paid his fine or whatever it was. And uh, he's the one to uh, get arrested. 
How about that? A funny story. Uh, and I guess he probably parked there the next day. I mean, what are you going to do? But uh, the seriousness of this, I think, comes down to the long term. What does it mean? This is what I want you to think about. What does it mean if a country, our country, is a place where we take political candidates at any level or people who might be our business opponents or some kind of adversary in life one way or the other, and we look really hard to find a way to indict them, to get them into legal trouble. You know, a lot of the problem, and many of you have experienced this with having legal problems, particularly criminal problems, is you might be completely guilty or not guilty, and that might be the end result. But a lot of the punishment is the process. A lot of the punishment for things is the process. You might be completely innocent, and yet you still have to spend tons of money defending yourself and spend a lot of time and the stress, you know, that happens. And that's often driven by other things. And what does it mean to live in a country where a political candidate can be indicted for probably political reasons? Now, I wanted to go through this and I wanted to spend some time looking at what people from different perspectives think about this. All three cable news stations Fox, MSNBC, CNN. The legal analysts on each of those stations have trouble with this indictment. Some of them have a lot of trouble with this indictment. Some of them are openly rooting against Donald Trump. Some of them are for Donald Trump, I think, openly, depending on the station you're on. But they seem to agree. I'm I'm always curious about when the left, right, and uh, I don't want to say center, but uh, left, certainly left of center, but a little bit to the right of the far left is where I would put maybe CNN. When you have all three basically saying the same thing, that's pretty significant. And it's not just them. Newspapers, LA Times, New York Times, other newspapers struggled to put this indictment into a good light. And never Trumpers, even Republicans who would never vote for Trump, they say, um, were appalled by the indictment. Did you know that? Uh, Mitt Romney, for example, not a friend of Donald Trump at all. And uh, he even defends Uh, He doesn't defend Donald Trump, but he – this is what he said. This was his statement. He said, I believe President Trump's character and conduct make him unfit for office. Even so, I believe the New York prosecutor has stretched to reach felony criminal charges in order to fit a political agenda. I mean, that's Mitt Romney. Uh, This is John Bolton. Uh, John Bolton – Uh, I don't know if he's still a Republican. I think he is, but he hates Donald Trump. He wrote a book against Donald Trump. He's a CNN commentator. This is what he said. One big picture. What do you think of the do you think of the indictment? Well, speaking as someone who very strongly does not want Donald Trump to get the Republican presidential nomination, I'm extraordinarily distressed by this document. I think this is even weaker than I feared it would be. Uh, and I, I think uh, it's it's easily subject to being dismissed or a, a quick acquittal for Trump. Just speaking, going back to the days when I represented Jim Buckley and Gene McCarthy and the constitutional challenge to the underlying federal statute here passed in 1974, I can say there is no basis in the statutory language to say that Trump's behavior forms either a contribution or an expenditure under federal law, the two key definitions at issue here. Uh, If it did, it would mean that every single expenditure a candidate made could be taken to have uh, something to do with this campaign. Do I buy a $1 comb to comb my hair or $10 comb to comb my hair? Uh, 
uh, if, if you can construe the statute to cover this behavior, then I think it violates the First Amendment because you're deeply into territory that, that uh, makes this statute absolutely, federal statute, too vague for enforcement. And as what I understood the district attorney to say that he thinks there's a New York election law involved here, all I can say is the Federal Election Campaign Act absolutely preempts any state or local law to the contrary. How could it be otherwise? You've got one law governing corporate finance in a presidential election at the federal level. You're going to have 50 state laws interfering with it. So he's just wrong on the applicability of the New York statute. So John Bolton is pretty uh, certain in his legal analysis, and he's coming from CNN. Here's Paula Reed, a senior legal analyst from CNN also. He's being charged with 34 counts of falsifying business records. These are being charged, though, as a felony. And in order to charge these as a felony in New York State, you have to prove that these records were falsified in furtherance of another crime. And it's not clear exactly what that larger crime is because it's not charged. Here. Now, if prosecutors want to argue that these documents were falsified, and we're talking specifically about the way Michael Cohen was reimbursed for the hush money that he paid to Stormy Daniels, if they want to argue that those documents were falsified uh, in furtherance of something that is a federal election law violation, that's shaky legal ground. I mean, that's an untested legal theory. It's not clear that that would ultimately be successful. At a press conference, the district attorney suggested that this might be a violation of state election law, but that's not in the indictment or the statement of facts. So at this point, look, this is one of the most historic cases, arguably the most significant case right now in an American court system. It appears to be built on a pretty shaky foundation because it's not clear what the larger crime is. And look, I've passed two bar exams. I'm having a little trouble following Alvin Bragg's argument here. So it's unclear if the average Manhattan juror will be able to follow it as well. And even if they can, even if they get a conviction, it still has to survive appeals, which can be difficult for cases built on novel legal theories. And that's pretty significant. So if you're not really tracking here, it's important to understand this, okay, and understand what is really being charged here. There are 34 counts of really the same crime, okay? The crime is falsification of business records, but then there is the the allusion in there to a second crime, and that's important, okay? So the falsification of business records is that in Donald Trump's uh, purposes to pay off for nondisclosure agreements in exchange for nondisclosure agreements from uh, two women who uh, supposedly he had affairs with, uh, he denies, they say it's true, you know, they're there's a lot of evidence in favor that that probably happened. Plus, he's paying them off or something, right? They're not consultants, you know, for you know what you think about. Um, but regardless of whether or not he did it, he is paying them off for their silence. There's nothing illegal about that. That's not the crime that's being charged here. You, which it sounds funny to me, right? Because it seems to me just that that paying someone off for their silence. Um, especially if there is an affair involved that certainly is immoral, right? It's certainly something that is wrong to do, but it's not illegal. Not everything that is immoral or unethical is illegal. Uh, God knows what you're doing, but it is not illegal. So it's important that we recognize that the crime here is not paying off these women. And they're not really directly involved here because they they – uh, they might be witnesses to that, but actually it's his former attorney, Michael Cohen, who is involved here, who was convicted in part for this charge. Now, the second charge here is it's a little bit vague because it's not listed. That's one of the things that all these attorneys are having trouble with. It is the idea that 
he wasn't just paying them off so they would be quiet to preserve his own dignity or save his family or what Donald Trump's version of it is, is sometimes famous people get charged, you know, accused of things they didn't do by people they know. And rather than go through the whole court process proving your innocence, it's just better to have them sign a non-disclosure agreement, pay them off and be done with it. Uh, that's his version of it. He says this happens all the time to celebrities. That's what he said. Um But what is being claimed by Michael Cohen is that actually this was done to keep this information from becoming public right before the 2016 election. So Alvin Bragg is going to argue that – and he's he's very vague about this actually in the complaint. He's going to – he talks about another crime. So here's the thing is that that you have to account for this in your business somewhere, right? Somewhere if you are writing down whatever your expenditures are, do you keep your own – you you probably keep some record, hopefully you do, of how you spend your money. It's a great thing to do. There's some great free programs out there. If you don't do that, you really should know where your money's going. It might shock you to learn how much money you spend at Starbucks every month or going out to eat or other things like that. You should track it, right? It's important to do that. Even, you know, payments that uh, maybe you wish you weren't spending, but you're doing it, you have to track it somewhere. And in the Trump organization, they put these payments that went to Michael Cohen and then ultimately to uh, these women, uh, they put them under legal fees, and that is a misdemeanor in New York law because you're reporting your income in a way that's not actually accurate for where it belonged. Does that make sense? Now, it's just a misdemeanor. Um, probably, you know, maybe you get charged for this, um, but not always, and if you do, it's really small potatoes. The idea that it's a felony, in order for it to be a felony, you have to be able to prove that this misdemeanor is being done to cover up a greater crime or to commit a greater crime. The greater crime would be um, campaign finance violations, where the idea is if you're really doing this to help your campaign somehow, then the money that you're giving is not personal money that you're giving to yourself or your company. It's money that you're technically giving to your campaign. It's technically a campaign donation. And what you're doing is getting around campaign finance laws that limit the amount of money you can give to your campaign. Okay, so um, that's what he's being accused of. The problems are that you, the Federal Election Commission is the group that actually oversees this kind of law and would actually make charges if there were charges. They already decided not to charge him with this. Typically what they do is if you have any other reason for an expense, meaning that maybe it helps your campaign, but it also, that's what uh, that's what John Bolton was saying about the comb. Um, maybe this doesn't apply so much to Donald Trump, but most of us comb our hair. No, he does. He combs his hair. He's got it all combed a certain way, Right. Uh, You buy a comb to comb your hair because everybody does that. But at the same time, you want to have combed hair for your campaign, right? So you are benefiting your campaign. You know, if you go out and you get a better haircut because you're going to be on TV all the time and, you know, you could decide that that is a campaign donation because maybe you would have got a cheaper haircut if you weren't running for office. And what's happening is Donald Trump is being charged with a felony, for the for basically that that notion that's the concern here is that you if you could turn anything into a campaign donation if it both helps you and helps your campaign so the way the federal election commission has operated with these things is unless it is something that is clearly done only for the benefit of your campaign they don't charge you so for example why did donald trump pay these women to keep their stories quiet or pay the national inquirer to keep the story out of print answer Well, it could be to protect his wife from the affair that he's having or his children or his own reputation might be for personal reasons. There's a whole lot of reasons a person would cover that up, right? 
or maybe he is paying them off because he just wants it to go away and wants them to shut up. There's there's a whole lot of reasons why a person would do this that you would still do even if you weren't running for office. And that's the problem. That's why the feds aren't going to charge him for it. That's why most the other district attorneys didn't charge him for it. It's very difficult to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that you have committed this. Do you understand? So if that's helpful to understand – What's happening here is that the district attorney has prosecuted a current candidate, the leading candidate for president of the United States. It's really more about that than the fact that he's a former president, okay, that he's charging the leading candidate on a case that almost nobody thinks is legitimate, that most people think is political. And this is a district attorney who ran for office with the campaign promise that I will indict Donald Trump. Didn't say what he'd indict him for, just said, I'm going to indict Donald Trump. And that is the danger here. That's the danger. Alan Dershowitz, who also is a Democrat, who does not vote for Donald Trump, he has defended Donald Trump because of this very thing. He thinks that these kinds of political um, prosecutions are dangerous and bad for our whole country. This is what he said. And think about the implications of this. A Democrat runs for DA. He promises the people of the borough of Manhattan that he will get Trump. They elect him. He then gets Trump on an indictment. And he wants the very same people who voted for him on the theory of get Trump to now serve on the jury to get Trump. My God, how far do you have to go to explain the injustice in this? It should be obvious to everybody. And it has become increasingly obvious to Democrats and progressives and liberals and and people People are afraid to say it, but they say it to me and they say it to others. This is American injustice at its worst. That's pretty significant. And that's the thing that we have to think about. So you may really love Donald Trump or really hate Donald Trump. Maybe you're just agnostic about Donald Trump. He he draws a emotion from people on both sides that is very significant. It's extraordinary, really. But you have to go beyond Donald Trump. And who he is. And think about this. Should we let, and this is what I was, you know, thinking before, is I thought, what if, you know, if if this case comes out and if this indictment is released and there's some really concrete evidence in there that is going to make both sides and all networks say, yeah, he's really guilty of doing this. Uh, you know, if all three networks came out and said, this looks really bad for Donald Trump, um, you know, that would have, in a way, that would have been kind of unifying, right? We would have been able to say, this is not a politically motivated attack. We could agree that no American should be above the law. And, you know, we could have that conversation. And there would always be people who just deny whatever he might have done, or there's people who want to prosecute him for the way he combs his hair, right? There's people on both sides. But, you know, I think that is the fact that both sides are coming out and really suggesting that this is a bad case. This is probably politically motivated is significant. It's a really big deal. And I want you to think about this. Think about your favorite political candidate. It can be local candidate. It can be a president. It can be somebody from either party. Imagine that a prosecutor who just doesn't like your your favorite president or doesn't like your your favorite county supervisor or doesn't like the mayor decides you know what i'm going to run for office on indicting this person who i don't like i don't like their policies i don't like what they did here and there i don't like the way they voted on this uh and i'm going to i'm going to run for office on the fact that i'm going to prosecute them i don't know what i'm going to prosecute them for 
but I'm going to prosecute them. We don't want to become that nation. And the concern is that what has happened here is we're becoming that nation. The president of El Salvador tweeted this. He said, think what you want about President Trump and the reasons he's being indicted. But imagine if this happened in any other country where a government arrested the main opposition candidate, the, like El Salvador, the United States' ability to use, quote, democracy as a foreign policy is gone. See, this is, this is way beyond Donald Trump and the character that he is and the different things that people think about this one guy that's opening up the door to something that damages America. And I think there are people, most people on the left and right see this at this point with this. When we come back, I'm going to give you an example of what I'm talking about. And uh, we'll take your calls. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. I'll return as the Wednesday edition of SoCal Live continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. You know, I, I, I tell you, Chuck, I'm at a loss. When I looked at this indictment and saw that every single count, because I heard a reporter earlier talking about conspiracy, and I'm like, oh, there's a conspiracy count. There is no conspiracy count. Yeah. So there are 34 counts of the same charge, falsifying business records. And the statement of facts talks about um, I can't, the Playboy model, uh, Karen McDougal, and Stormy Daniels. So it appears that this indictment is solely about the hush money payment to Miss Daniels, the catch and kill regarding Miss McDougal. Um, this- that is Catherine Christian on MSNBC, also dismayed that the indictment isn't more clear, and she goes on to say that. Uh, it is a very shaky case that it's not something that is uh, probably a good case. And more and more people have come out on both sides. And that's why I'm talking about this, because if it was just one side or the other, then it's kind of this area where, OK, obviously MSNBC is going to be against Trump and obviously Fox News is going to be for Trump. And, you know, that's kind of how things get dealt with uh, so often. But here there's a lot of agreement with the legal experts on all sides. Uh, to some varying degree, but not usually. Most of them think that this is pretty bad, and a lot of people politically are dismayed. This is Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. But what I'm talking about here for the purposes of our show is to try to get away from this being Donald Trump and the emotion that people have left and right about Donald Trump, to be thinking about what it means that a prosecutor in our country can go after a candidate for office with a case that everybody kind of agrees is shaky, that, you know, there's there's some shadiness going on. I mean, what Donald Trump is accused of, he probably did. You know, he clearly hid the uh, the payments. You know, you have to put those in your budget somewhere. He probably doesn't have a line item for, you know, paying off porn stars. That's probably not in the Trump organization budget, you know, but so you got to put it somewhere. But that's a misdemeanor, moving it to the felony to try to create something where the federal government who governs this has already declined to prosecute, where you don't even mention the actual crime in your indictment, is it's just highly questionable. So even if it's all above board, going after a candidate in in the courts for this is bad. And what about ex-presidents? What if somebody right now 
decides they don't want you know some people like to say that Michelle Obama is going to run for president. I don't think so. I don't think I don't believe that at all. I think that she wants nothing to do with it. Um, but let's say that she was planning to run for president. And let's say that some district attorney, some Republican district attorney out there said, you know what? No, I don't like this at all. I don't like Barack Obama. I didn't like how he was the president. I didn't like his policies. I didn't like this, that, or the other. And uh, so I'm going to run for office, and I'm going to say I'm going to indict former President Obama or indict Michelle Obama and not not really have a charge, just try to you know stir up from people who just emotionally never liked Barack Obama and say, yes, we're going to take down Barack Obama. You know, Imagine that for a moment, okay? And then imagine that what he did was he said, you know, I looked into this whole uh, birth certificate thing. Remember that, that people said uh, he wasn't really born here and the idea was, well, if he's not born here, then he can't be president constitutionally. You know what? uh, There's two things that were true about the claims that were made there. One of them is he absolutely was born in Hawaii. That was never actually in any reasonable dispute. And if you think so, it just it just wasn't. It was just very clear, very easy to find his birth certificate. All that controversy was was a mess. However, there was a second thing, and this sort of what drove that controversy that is also true. For a time, Barack Obama did, in fact, claim to be born in Kenya. Did you know that? He did. He claimed that. Uh, he said his publisher was claiming that, and he didn't really know, but he knew. Of course he knew. You get, if you get published in a book your first time, do you not read the biography that they wrote about you? Of course you do. And in May 2012... Uh, this this thing came out which sort of drove this birth certificate uh, controversy at the time. But he was published in, a, in 1991 in a promotional booklet um, that was showcasing their writers. And he wrote in this booklet, I think it was the first time he was published, and it says this, Barack Obama, the first African-American president of the Harvard Law Review, was born in Kenya and raised in Indonesia and Hawaii. The son of an American anthropologist and a Kenyan finance minister, he attended Columbia University and worked as a financial journalist. So here's the crime that he was accused of that nobody investigated. He was accused of potentially going to Columbia under federal um, financial aid by lying about his birth, by saying that he's from Kenya and then getting some more money for financial aid to go to Columbia. Because people said, how'd you get to Columbia? And he never released his records. And that, that, that controversy was kind of buried under all of the birth certificate stuff, right, that was going on the birthers. Let's imagine that this prosecutor says, I want to go after Barack Obama for taking financial aid from the federal government. It's a federal crime. And it is. Now, we don't know that he did that. We have no idea that he did that. Maybe he represented himself as Kenyan because he was writing about colonialism, and you're going to get a lot more press if you're born in Kenya and you're writing about British colonialism than if you're born in Hawaii. You know, there's all kinds of reasons why he might have done that, right, just for publication reasons or other things. And in 1991, he was not thinking about running for president. Um you know, there's reasons, but let's say the prosecutor just decides to go after him. But the statute of limitations, by the way, has already run. It's seven years. It's long gone. But he charges him anyway and tries to come up with some convoluted way to get Barack Obama indicted and tied up in court. Or maybe he blames Michelle Obama for being a part of it because of where they met and just comes up with a convoluted way to indict Obama. And what it does is it ties him up in court. It creates this situation where he's um, you know, being accused of things that, you know, that's that's what we're talking about here, that the future could be that if, you know, for sure you want to say that presidents are not above the law, right? If it's a clear case, they should be prosecuted if they've done criminal acts. 
But at the same time, if it's not, you know, should you go after anybody for these things? And that's what the issue is here. That's what the concern is here, that our justice system, when it comes to the politics of it, is now going to allow prosecutors on either side. And that's where you have to be. If you're somebody who you know wants Donald Trump to go down, you want him to go to jail, you don't like him for whatever reason, you hope he's not the president, you have to think of this through and what it would mean to go after him for something that either he didn't do or something that is clearly you know, unprovable or to create felony charges that you can't really do. This is, and this is a huge concern. This is what Alan Dershowitz uh, had to say, he, what he thinks is ultimately going to happen. I don't think I could get this case dismissed so easily. Uh, I don't See, think- he said earlier that this case should be dismissed, but now he's going to say he doesn't think he could do it. And now he's going to tell you why. I, think that, uh, I don't think that if you had the best lawyers in the history of the world, Abraham Lincoln and John Marshall, a New York City judge would dismiss this case because that New York City judge's life would be over. Everybody would point to him the way they pointed to me when I defended Trump. Yes. Oh, my God. There's the man who helped Trump get free. So I don't think it's going to be easy. I think he probably will be convicted by wow. a New York jury uh, who voted for Bragg and voted for Get Trump. It will be reversed on appeal. It will never be affirmed all the way up to the Supreme Court. But uh, Bragg's going to be popular. He'll be reelected uh, and, and, and he'll probably win his case unless, unless there is a change of venue. See, that's a scary thing that a person would, would prosecute somebody for just political reasons. And we all have to think about that. As Christians, we've got to think about that. Okay, as church people, what happens when somebody decides they don't like your church? What happens when your pastor speaks out on some issue? Um, you know, transgender surgeries on minors and the politicians don't like it. And then they decide they're going to go through the church finances and they figure out that the church, the pastor got a uh, gift from the congregation and didn't put it on his taxes. And now he's being prosecuted. That is what, that's the door we're opening up here and we're opening it up for you. You might have a business and you're the competitor down the street might find a way to, uh, whose brother happens to be the district attorney of your town, might say, hey, I wonder if you could figure out something illegal that I think this guy might be doing and take him out of business. That's the door I think this is opening, and it's a door we cannot go through. And that that is beyond Donald Trump or the characters that are involved with this. Right? That's why this is important to get right, that if President Trump has broken laws – Okay, like real laws. It isn't, you know, the stuff he did. He might have done some bad things. But if he hasn't broken the laws, we can't create laws that don't exist and then charge somebody for them. or come up with cases that are so flimsy that clearly are political, politically motivated because we ran on a campaign of I'm going to get this guy. I don't know what I'm going to get him for, but I'll get him for something. That's bad. That's got to change. That has to be stopped. 888-528-2557. Cindy in Studio City. Welcome to Southern California Live. Um, thank you so much for who you are and the way you explain everything. Well, thank you. I hope um, it's helpful. Y- yes, and, and w- what you just said, it it um, has happened all throughout history of business owners, you know, other celebrities, but of course never a president, and, and it happens to just, <laughs> you know, any in, in the office. Right. It, it can mm-hmm. and this happens anywhere. And, and it made me sit there and think, you know, someone should write a book calling Trump's Up News, <laughs> a book of all the people that, that have had lies made.
know, there are a lot of stories, you know, people, you're right, that, that people have experienced, you know, unfair prosecutions for different reasons for a long time, right? Um, and I think there's a lot of people who can testify to that. You know, the civil rights uh, era, of course, a lot of false prosecutions or bad ones. Um, there's a whole lot of experience with that. And I think that the the fact that now we can do this to a candidate for office and particularly a candidate for president uh, means it can be for anybody. And I think oh, we should be careful it, it about that. Has. I, it has. I know a pastor that this happened to. He told the truth. He got fired. His wife wound up writing a book about it, you know, and um, but God did eventually take care of him, led him to another church in another state. And, and this happens. It happens a lot. It happens to people that I, I know someone right now who lives in an apartment and, and the owner's mother just didn't like her living next door and, and made up all this drama yeah. about her dog. She had to go to court and, once again, trumped up news. Yeah. Cindy, well, thank you for your call. I want to get to another call, but I, I take your point. And, you know, it's, um, uh, it's something that we should realize that if it's happening to somebody that we didn't vote for or that we don't like, we can't celebrate it because there's no reason that it's not going to turn around on somebody that we do like or that's on us. That's how this works. It's very... Uh, it is corrupt, and we have to stand up against it, and I think that's something that we're seeing here. Uh, Oscar in L.A., welcome to Southern California Live. Pastor. Hi, Oscar. Hi, how are you? And good afternoon, Pastor. Uh, just want to kind of, I don't know, want to stay make a statement. I don't know about politics. My observation or my comment is from an audience point of view, what I see, uh, uh, I don't want to call it a name either, Vendetta, uh, false false charges, whatever that is, right? What I know is who I believe in and what I believe in life. And the, the focus that society or the media are trying to put in what's going on with President Trump and what's really, really is going on in reality, the cost of living going so high, people not able to afford to, to make ends meet or send children to school to educate them about what the reality is, of, of, of being a believer or believing doing the right thing. Yeah, there's a whole... David has so many problems. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, Pastor. Well, go ahead. i got to go to break here, so go ahead and make your point real quick, and then i got to go to break. Well, King David had a lot, a lot of flaws, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the guy who wrote the Psalms of the Bible. That's the guy that God hit, picked up to lead a lot of people and lead the Jews out of, out of, you know, the whole program, right, or leading the Jews out of slavery. But... Based on my comment, the comment I'm trying to make, I lost it, but I, what I'm trying to make is that Donald Trump might be a person who makes mistakes, just like I make mistakes every day and I think everybody else, but he did something good for the people and what he believes on, the people of America, and I think that we should focus on that. All right. Thank you for your call, Oscar. You know, it's, uh, you know, on on the one hand, whoever it is, we have to be a country where people are not above the law. But we also have to be a country where we do not prosecute people just for political gain. Where, and that's the concern here. And the, the f- interesting thing about the media that I pointed out here is the media, even the left media, CNN and MSNBC, their analysts, as we've played their clips, are coming to the conclusion that this is not a very good case. And it will undermine the other cases that are coming against Donald Trump, I think, in a way. Um, you know, maybe he is severe. Maybe there's evidence that are kind of come out and he really did do something really terrible. Well, maybe he should stand trial for that. But if this interrupts that, then justice isn't served anyway. So no matter how you look at it, it's bad. 
This, by the way, is is the corruption that you see in any system, even the best systems in the world. We as citizens have to realize that uh, we can't just look the other way if it's happening to our political opponent. We have to realize that it could just as easily happen to us and whatever side we're on. i got to take a break, then I'll get to your calls, Shelley and Neil uh, and others, as the Wednesday edition of Southern California Live continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Pastor Scott Furrow with you. Excuse me. And good to be with you on this Wednesday edition. Hey, in our uh, next segment, segment at the top of the hour, we'll be going back to our six steps of Easter. Today is day number four in that series, and Pastor Steve Wilburn will be with me, and we're going to talk about transforming our mind. And, you know, I think that it just matters so much, and there is so much about our faith that, you know, we have a faith where you can ask questions. We have a faith where God wants to use us, yes, in our heart emotionally, but but intellectually, we, we have a faith that you can question, that you can uh, make an argument for, that uh, ha- is rooted in history. And there are so many things that happens when we trust the Lord and He changes our, our mind. It gives us a worldview uh, about how the world really is. And this hour, we've been talking about the uh, Trump indictment and things and trying to remove Trump from the picture. He's so, it's, you know, it's so easy to go down the road and talk about Trump and and uh, the media does that. The left does that. The right does that. There's, it's so easy to just talk about Donald Trump because he's a, uh, you know, he's a historical figure that people will be writing about for generations, probably. Uh, you know, pro and con. But we have to be able to look through the current situation we're in and see what it looks like. Um, the way we govern ourselves, the way we handle our elections. It matters a lot for our democracy, for sure, but also, I think, for the way that we interact with each other. I think it's going to have implications for the church if it turns out that prosecutors can, you know, just decide, I'm going to run for office based on prosecuting a certain crime that may or may not have even been committed. Uh, it becomes a pretty serious thing, and we're certainly seeing the door open to that right now. Let me take a couple of your calls here. Uh, Shelly in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Shelly. Go ahead. Oh, um, uh, on um, Monday, I believe it was, right after Tom Sunday, <coughs> excuse me, um, there was an announcement made on uh, NPR News. It was uh, uh, ex-president Trump um, calling in his his uh, debtors. He made the statement. He said that I have given you wealth and prosperity. Now it's time for you to show your appreciation. In other words, so I think that the um, scriptures they must be fulfilled. He is the Trump. This yeah. Well, Shelley, what you know, one of the things I'm trying to get at here is uh, to kind of move beyond even where Trump is to think about, you know, how we deal with no things. Further. You got to stop there and, and deal with what's going to come pursuing that, because that's that's where everybody in the world knows that he's in and and uh, he has like minds 
of, of, of some of the other uh, people in All other right. countries. All right, Shelly. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you for calling Southern California Live. We appreciate it, and uh, we love you. Thanks for listening. Neil in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Yes, hello, Scott. Uh, thank you for getting me on. Uh, thank you for your show. Um, I had three quick thoughts. Um, one is that, lest we forget, because this whole thing with Trump is also a distraction on purpose by the left. The news media is not covering anything about the fact that Congress is currently investigating Joe Biden for crimes against America. Well, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of that. But, you know, do you think that, you know, let's say they can't ultimately charge even Joe Biden with this. Is this going to be something where Congress spends its time, Republicans and Democrats just going after charges for whichever president? I think that's what we're trying to avoid here. Yeah, I know. I think this definitely opens the door because it's totally lowered the bar to almost anything can be prosecuted. Yeah, that might be uh, that might be where it is. Uh, Neil, I want to go to a couple other calls because we're we're running out of time. I appreciate your call and uh, making that making that point here. Oliver in Burbank, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, Scott, that's that's my dad's name. <laughs> Scott is. Um, yeah, well, he has a great name. Yes, sir. Uh, so I just I had a few scriptures that I thought come to bear on this one because yeah. we always want to say, "What does the Lord say about this?" What yes. does Yahweh say? He says uh, that an unjust balance is an abomination to him. So this process to God is an abomination uh, on its face. Uh, the other thing I would say is that we're, we're told as Christians to hate evil and uh, love good, establish justice in the gate. So I think this whole process, this cold civil war, that it's becoming more and more obvious that those who are rebelling against God are engaged in, it is being waged. So we need to, you know, just talk about it in love, right? Because you have to say the truth in love to people that are deceived by who? Satan. Yeah. Thinking that slaughtering children is good, that, that, you know, bending the law is fine, like this process is. But anyway. What is the next step? What do we do to, to correct it? You know, beyond all the characters that are involved here, what should the church be doing? Call on the name of God, read his word, and speak the truth in love as we go forward. And don't be of the world, because we can't... Uh, you, you've got to call evil evil. The, the Democrat Party stands for the slaughter of children. So it's the, the, the whole party platform is well, evil. And if that's offensive to say, it's that's the speaking in love part. You have to find a way to also take care of the kids, right? There is, if you're going to be, it's it's a thing, I think, right? It's one thing to say, well, this group of people um, supports abortion, and that's wrong. You know, what do we do other than say that and vote every couple of years? You know, what does the church do for the woman who finds herself in a pregnancy that is, for whatever the reason is, she finds it to be a crisis, um, maybe doesn't want to have an abortion, but it's a very tempting solution, you know, I think there's. I think that there is a whole lot that the church can also do positively in uh, these arguments, and I, I think it would have a significant effect on the the heart of the people. Well, if you look at the work of uh, End Abortion Now, Jeff Durbin, Apology at Church, that's the type of thing where they they're doing exactly what you say, and it's a great model yeah. for the country. I think we have to do. Uh, 
we've got to speak the truth, but we also have to take action uh, beyond just the uh, the political argument. I appreciate your call, Oliver. Thank you very much for for calling today. Hey, everybody, you know, uh, I won't get to the rest of your calls uh, this hour. Mark, I see your call in art. I want to thank you for calling. And we're just out of time this hour. And, you know, all of this stuff, it takes our it takes our attention off the fact that we're coming up on Easter. We're coming up on a time that, you know, it's sort of the Christian Super Bowl in a way. And we really have to take these things, and we think about our country, it's important to talk about them. But the people that you're thinking about, whatever side they're on, on different things, the Trump thing or all of this, they need Christ. The answer is Christ. The The future of our country depends on whether or not not how people vote, but on whether or not we tune, we, we turn to Christ, whether or not in a penitent way we recognize that the resurrection of Christ is real, that he is who he said he is, that we get forgiveness by believing in him. See, and uh, next hour we'll talk about that uh, because it's important. This really is more important than all of us. You know, the, the, the question about our country, it matters, and I think we should be able to speak about it reasonably. And that's what we try to do on this this program. But the reason that we should speak about it reasonably, actually, is so that we can be reasonable with people in our life who might be on the other page politically, who maybe they're only if their only impression of us is that we have a political opinion about things and we can't speak reasonably or we can't, you know, get into the facts and or we just sort of repeat whatever our side has to say, and both sides do some of that. We lose some credibility with our testimony. I want to encourage you in all of this to learn what's going on, but think about it through the lens of your testimony and your relationship with other people. We'll talk about that more. i got to take a break. We'll be back with Pastor Steve Wilburn as the Wednesday edition of Southern California Live continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.